Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. Before I introduce this week's guest, I just want to check in with everyone, see how you are doing. Some of you may be under stay-at-home orders or quarantine. Some of you may have gotten sick or you may just be sick from something else, you know, uh, food poisoning or whatever. Um, My heart goes out to all of us right now. It has been a really stressful, difficult time. Uh, Many of us are homeschooling children and it's difficult for them to focus. It's just a hard time. So let's send grace to everyone now and love and support that you need and you might not be feeling. Um, Hopefully you can just feel it just for a moment during this podcast. Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group is going strong. We have multiple sessions per day. When you become a member, you get unlimited live support. So go to our website, btr.org, and you can talk to women today, like in person, well, not in person, but live online, face-to-face, and get some support, women who really understand what you're going through. The other issue is for those of you where the abuse has escalated because they don't have the excuse of work anymore to sort of throw around. So now they're irritable. There's going to be more emotional abuse, more gaslighting, most likely during this time because they don't have that outlet of blaming work for everything because they're at home. Um, Some people are in that boat. Our coaches can help you navigate how to set some boundaries to keep yourself safe. If someone keeps stepping on your toe, What are the steel-toed boots that you can buy and put on so that if they step on your toe again, it doesn't hurt? Those boundaries are those steel-toed boots that we're looking for. When you join Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, you can talk about possible options for boundaries. You can talk about the safety violations that are happening in your home and how to navigate all of that. If groups make you nervous or if that's not your thing right now, then you can always do an individual session with any one of our coaches. They are available and ready to help you. All right, now for this week's guest. I'm excited to have Trish White on today's episode. She let me know that she has been listening to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast since the very beginning, since I was crying into the microphone in my basement. So if you have not heard my very first podcast way back, I think it was in 2016, you may or may not want to do that. I was really a basket case back then. But the cool thing is if you listen from the beginning until now, you can sort of hear my evolution and my healing. And a lot of people have listened and they have been on the same journey in their healing. And Trish is one of those people. She is a coach and counselor. She lives in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and she has three amazing adult children. And this past year was promoted to the esteemed role of grandma, which is super cool. Her diverse path has included being a stay-at-home mom, a pastor's wife, a homeschooling mom, a piano teacher, a custom knitter, an administrative assistant, and owning her own pet grooming business. She embarked on post-secondary education in her 40s and graduated with a master's degree in counseling. Here in her new counseling practice, she has the privilege of walking with people whose plan A has been derailed, and she offers support as they craft a plan B. So that is all of us who listen to this podcast. In midlife, Trish found herself needing to up her self-care game when her 30-year marriage began to unravel along with her own health as she went through six surgeries in five years. Learning to heal and look after herself has been the gift of this painful journey and taught her to relentlessly pursue peace and joy in each day. A few of her self-care activities include kayaking, knitting, 
walking her exuberant dog, laughing with friends, breathing deep over hot beverages. I love that. I love that too. And learning to enjoy this fabulous planet that we share. So welcome, Trish. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to talk about self-care today, which is my favorite personal topic right now as I am knee deep or maybe eyeball deep into self-care. Now that I'm more healed and more stable, I'm able to really focus on it. And so before we start the conversation, I do want to do a disclaimer to women who are like in the middle of really intense trauma. We're going to talk about how you can practice a little bit of self-care during that time as much as possible, but don't feel really guilty right now if your self-care is Oreos and popcorn and Netflix. There's no guilt, no guilt. And any phase of your journey or anywhere that you are is just fine. It's all okay. And for those of you who are thinking, hmm, you know what? I need to add a little bit of self-care. What should I do? Maybe it can help you. Let's talk about that first. Finding self-care the hard way. Because your bio alludes that you yourself learned about self-care the hard way. So can you share a little bit of your journey? Yes. And had I been wiser, had there been more podcasts way back when, maybe I would have been smarter. But I remember seeing a counselor when things started to unravel, and it was actually probably 15 years ago. And at that point, she said to me, you need to up your self-care. And she might as well have been speaking a different language. I had no idea what self-care really was. I thought, hey, I exercise and I eat well. And if you consider chocolate a health food, yeah, then I absolutely look after myself. What's your issue, counselor? I have great self-care. I honestly had no idea. And life continued to unravel until I got to such a dark place. And it's a little embarrassing now to talk about, but I've heard it from so many women that I know I'm not alone. When you start wanting to get sick or looking for a way so that somebody will look after you so that you'd have a day off so expectations could be lifted, there's something wrong. You need to pay attention to that. And I unfortunately didn't. I ended up with six surgeries in five years. And I honestly... This may sound really bad, but I honestly kind of looked forward to the surgeries because it was a day or two of somebody just looking after me. They bring you food at regular intervals. They ask you if you want anything. Water's there. Nothing's expected of you. You can read. You can ring a bell and somebody shows up. And that should have been a huge clue that maybe I really did need to up my self-care game. It got so bad that before one of the surgeries... I was laying on the gurney in tears and I just, I wanted to die. And that was my prayer at that time. God, take me. I knew what I had to face in life when I woke up from that surgery. And I just thought, I just want to die here now. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that's not a prayer he answered. This is a self-care journey that learning to look after yourself before you get to such a dark place, that there are people that need you alive. There are people that need you alive and well, and we need to look after ourselves to get there. Mm -hmm. And the most important person that needs you alive and well is yourself. Yes. Have you ever done one of those body scans where you sit and you you think about, you know, how does my head feel? Well, like a mental body scan? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yes. Part of this self-care journey, I went to a women's intensive in Minneapolis. 
And they were doing this body scan and they had us sit there. And I remember probably for the first time feeling like, oh no, my head hurts. Hey, my neck hurts, my shoulders hurt, my gut hurts, my chest hurts. And I had not been aware that everything hurt before that point. And then they finished the scan and they said, okay, everyone open your eyes. And then they went on with the session and I was like going, wait, now I'm aware I'm in a terrible amount of pain. What do I do? What do I do with this? And I actually put up my hand and asked if there was no really good answer. But the answer I've found since is that the answer is not to take away the pain immediately. The answer is to learn to live a life so that pain isn't there. Yeah. I've had excruciating neck pain. I used to do like a lot of extreme sports before I got married. And so I've actually landed on my head several times violently. And my neck hurt during my marriage, but I, I wasn't able to do the normal self-care things in order for it not to hurt. And so it got worse and worse. And now I'm back to sort of my neck don't hurt routine. And my neck isn't hurting anymore. But it was like seven years of me focusing on everything else to the point where it just crept back up again. And I didn't even realize how bad it had gotten. It's interesting. Now that I'm able to really focus on myself, I take self-care very seriously. But I would say during the most traumatic part, it was just what I could do to get out of bed and get myself onto the couch to eat popcorn. That was about what I could do. Let's talk about this first phase of self-care where you're kind of aware of it and you're trying to do it, but you don't know how to do it or you don't know what to do. My tip, and then I'll ask you, is if people are starting that, like, oh, okay, I'm starting to think about self-care. Mine is go outside every day. Like, if you're just starting this and you don't know what else to do and you have no plan and you don't know, you're just super stressed out, at the very least, I don't care if you're in your pajamas. I don't care what you look like. Just step outside and take a deep breath of outside air and then you can go back in. That is my first Okay, try this. Do you have any like just little tiny self-care things that somebody could do today that are that simple? Oh, absolutely. My favorite. And just to frame this in a way that so often what ends up happening is when we're in these situations, we go into, we remember things from the past and we're triggered, right? And we bring all that hurt and we re-experience it over again and over again and over again. Or the opposite happens and we kind of project into the future and we think about the, the scariness of it all and we bring that into our present and we feel that right now. Yeah. And there are so many women who are listening to this podcast who are doing either of those things, but there are so many who are also currently experiencing some type of abuse. So it's not from the past. It's not a fear of the future. It's that it's now like yesterday or today, their husband came home and gaslit them or lied to them, or they found out about more porn or more infidelity or something. Yeah, it could be either of those things. So I do have a favorite go-to that anybody can do. I mentioned those things about being out because our brain can be elsewhere is when we pull ourselves back to our senses and noticing what we are experiencing at the moment. So my favorite self-care tip, you mentioned about going outside, and that in itself, nature is healing. If you can't go outside, I mean, right now, 
where I live, it's really cold. And I do not like to go outside. I wasn't meant for this climate. But what you can do is go to a window. And what I suggest is that you get a hot drink and have it in a cup that you can feel the heat so you can feel the warmth of it and wrap your hands around it. So you have touch there. You have the smell. Make sure it's something you enjoy the smell of. Take it to a window, look outside at nature, and find something that's living. Look for trees, look for grass that's moving, look for birds. See if you can hear them and just take a moment and breathe out slow. You'll always remember to breathe in. <laughs> but so if you breathe out slow, we know that calms our system. So just stand there. And sometimes we don't have a lot of time, but often a minute, if you're just standing, feels like enough time. It can be good enough where you're just standing there, noticing what's happening outside your window, feeling the warmth of your drink, inhaling it, tasting it. And if you can hum, we know, oddly enough, humming helps activate the vagus nerve, which provides calming for us. And if it's there for you, go ahead and you can maybe hum a song that means something to you. But just take that moment. And you can do that several times a day. You're using all five senses and it only takes a minute. Yeah, that's perfect. These are the types of things that I think people need to start out with. Because if after a huge traumatic event, most people are not they might compulsively exercise sort of as a way to numb the pain. But even at that point, it's not really a self-care. It's more of a running away from or trying to avoid. So the true self-care, it takes a while to develop. We're constantly told that self-care is so important. Let's really dive into why. First of all, it's interesting to note, our body is a gift and it's amazing. And we know that if we cut ourselves, it's only a short matter of time before those things start to reach across and bind across that wound. If we break our leg, um, it all starts to knit itself back together again, which is absolute miracle. I mean, I wish my car did that when I ran into something, you know, that it would just fix itself. And supported properly, our emotions and our mental health will do the same thing, that we are meant to heal. And so that's the first thing with self-care is it allows you, it gives you the optimum healing space, right? Where you can just let things take their natural course and move towards healing. It's funny you mentioned the running thing or the exercise, and I did exactly that. But I have a bigger and better mentality or faster and farther. And I ended up running, but then doing too much. And I had a naturopath told me, Stress on your body is stress on your body. Even if it's exercise and it's supposed to be self-care, if it's too stressful for you, it's stressful. Just stop it. And so self-care means really paying attention to your body and what's going on there. When I started studying counseling, there was a thread that went through everything. And it was, if you study trauma, what helps with trauma? Self-care. What helps with childhood emotional neglect? Um, self-care. What helps with depression? Self-care. Abuse? Self-care. Grief? Self-care. Like it all comes back to looking after what's happening with you. I like to use the analogy of an airplane, that there can be a storm happening outside this airplane. And if you focus on this storm, chances are good you're going down. If you can focus on the dials in front of you, and that's your self-care. Focus on what's happening with you. 
you can keep your nose up and you can get through this storm. That's a really good example. Maybe you've heard this on the podcast before, but you've been in a plane accident. And so it's not your fault. But in order to survive, because you're in the mountains, your plane has gone down in the mountains and you're all alone and you're going to need to develop some skills. And sure, you can hang out in that plane for a while, rest and eat and make sure your leg's not broken or whatever. But eventually, if you really want to survive, you're going to have to get out of the plane and build a fire and look at the sun and find a river and follow the river down to a city. You're going to have to eventually develop some survival skills. And self-care is that. It's not just a survival skill, but it's a thriver skill, right? So we go from surviving to thriving. The other thing I like to tell people about self-care is when you are injured severely, you're going to need a critical systems only phase. Just like when in sci-fi movies, when the ship is hit by a meteor or an alien or whatever, and it goes, right, everything powers down and it's quiet and not, not all the lights work and you're in this critical systems only phase. That is also the self-care phase that I think is really important. A lot of women jump to that. I'm going to exercise a ton or, you know, whatever they're going to do. And I'm going to go to every event and I'm going to show him that I can get out of the house and I can, you know, whatever. And they don't realize that really they need to go into sort of a powered down self-care critical systems only phase for a little while. It doesn't have to be forever, but that phase is really important to feed your soul and make sure that you're feeding yourself, nourishing yourself before you try to like power up all the systems again. I have a picture of a bird that's being held on my wall. And one of the reasons is I quite often compare this to birds that are flying along and you hit a window. Nobody prepared them for that and they're stunned. But somebody needs to pick that little birdie up and move it somewhere where it's safe. And we often don't recognize the enormity of the trauma that we've faced, especially when you have children. You just keep going. You just keep life as usual and hope nobody finds out or catches on. And you've been hit. You've hit a window. Your plane's gone down. Whatever metaphor you want, you need to take some space. Fix the hole in your spaceship before you go into light speed again is going to be a good idea. Let's define self-care. What does it really mean? Well, for me, I like to keep it really simple. And it's whatever works for you and you are unique. Whatever works for you to calm your system down. So you're saying no guilt for my Netflix and popcorn phase. I will say this. My trauma was so intense. It was so intense. The Good Wife. That's what I watched all seven seasons of The Good Wife during that time on Hulu. And it gave me a break. Like I could get a little bit of a break from the trauma and the intensity of it from focusing on something else. But at the time, I couldn't read. I had an 11-month-old baby, so I was having a hard time getting out of the house. My injuries were so extreme at that time that that little bit was all I could do. I ended up adding an antidepressant to that, and then I actually got off the couch and started doing a little bit more and adding a little bit more over time. Talk about some things you've seen either with your clients or with yourself that that worked for them that maybe other people are like, that's not self-care. Oh, it's really interesting because I go back to what brings you peace What gives you a moment of joy? And we know there are things that work for humans in general, but I like this to be a journey back to getting to know yourself. 
so often we have looked after so many others and we're in the middle of raising children and looking after their needs that we've forgotten to get to know ourselves and our own systems. What works for you to bring you a moment of peace or a bit of joy or calmness to that anxious and overloaded brain? I find it interesting that I recommend to people that they put a playlist together that is simply for these moments when they need it. It's not to be played all the time. It's when you need refreshing and you put songs on there that speak to you. You know those songs that you hear the first few bars of and they immediately does something to your heart in a good way. Those are the songs that you want to put on a special playlist and use them when you need motivation. We know that technically science tells us that songs at 60 beats per minute or less help calm our system. But I've had people say that their screamo music from their teenage years (laughs) calmed them down because it provided static in the background. So that just enough so they didn't have to think about stuff for a bit. And so the whole point is what works for you? And really starting to notice when we say self-care, quite often the whole bubble bath thing comes to mind. This kind of self-care that we're talking about, about bubble baths are not going to fix. They're nice if you like them and they work for you. But for even myself, I found my brain was pinging off the wall when I would sit in a tub. I would think I was doing self-care because I was experimenting and I could never calm and relax because my brain was pinging all over the place. So that's not self-care for me. Walking my dog is because I can kind of live in his joy because it's such a thrill for him. I'll be continuing this conversation with Trish next week, so please stay tuned. If this podcast is helpful to you, please consider supporting this podcast. To do that, go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, and click on Support This Podcast. Also, right now, especially where I'm feeling very isolated and and missing, you know, human contact, I would really appreciate it if you would give us some reviews and go and rate this podcast on iTunes. Every single one of your ratings helps isolated women find us. Also, I appreciate your interactions and comments on the podcast episodes on the website and on our social media channels. We're on Instagram at Betrayal Trauma Recovery, on Twitter at Betrayal Trauma, we're on Pinterest. So we love it when you interact there. If any of you during this time are interested in volunteering and interacting with women who are going through this on our social media channels, please email my assistant, Kari, K-A-R-I at btr.org, and she'll connect you with our social media director who is interacting with women all the time. It's just fun to get people together, right? To really include everyone. So if you're interested in volunteering in some capacity, we would love to have you. And until next week... Stay safe out there.